what's up, everybody? <laughs> one day, I'm going to be really, really proud when we start one of these and we actually act like we know what the heck we are doing. We'll get there. Probably not this year because that was our last chance to do it and we butchered it. So welcome to another episode of Sawdust Talk. My name is Brayden. I'm with Little Bug Woodworking here in Omaha, Nebraska. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Y'all know me. So TJ, have you changed since last week? TJT Workshop in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, most of the woodworking I do is on a lathe, but uh, I like dabbling in metalwork and 3D printing and flat work and chainsaws and fun times are had by all in this workshop. Kamani. Hey, uh, I'm Kimani with Van Street Designs. I do a little bit of everything from epoxy to CNC. No lathe work yet, but you know, there's there's time in the next year to try it out. And uh, yeah, a little, just a little overall kind of design, 3D learning, 3D printing. So I'm getting to get my hands into everything. Lathes are just like really big horizontal routers. So you could say that you do mobile lathe work at all times. Uh, that's true. So, you know, what do I need the big machine then? I'm good. I'm good. Late, late guys are weird anyway. So we're okay. And a mess. There's so much of a mess. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get started with our guests tonight, we want to thank our sponsors. I tried to move my signs around so that I could be a good sponsee, uh, but we want to thank Surf Prep and George Supply Co. I don't know why I always point to our logo. That came from George Supply Co., so that's why. We want to thank them. Uh, we could do what we do without them, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. And let's be honest, sanding still sucks. Uh, but it sucks less with surf prep. Can concur. I had a little bit of hands-on time with my uh, three by four on Christmas Eve or technically Christmas Day at like two in the morning. Uh, that's what I get for falling asleep with the baby. But uh, last minute rush to to get presents done. And boy, I was uh, I was thanking Hannah. That's for sure. The wiggle sander. Yeah. My wiggle sander and me. We had a we had a hot date. It was nice. Ooh. Indeed. Uh tonight's special guest for our 99 and one half episode. Because if you go back and look at early episodes of Sawdust Talk, I don't some of them don't exist. Some of them appear to be counted in a non-standard format. So we're just wiping the slate clean. Uh, so this is 99 and a half. We have Sarah from Rosie's Woodshop, uh, who is the East Coast uh, craft fair queen, from what it sounds like. Um, Sarah, who the heck are you? Hi. Hey, so yeah, I'm Sarah with Rosie's Woodshop. My middle name is Rose, so that's where Rose comes from. I am in New Jersey, in North Jersey, so I'm really close to New York City and Philly, uh, Connecticut and everything. Um, I started off in the lathe in 2018. I used to be Rosie's pen turning, and I just really loved it. I made, I made one in college because I had to for one of my classes, and then I just bought a lathe, and in my college basement, I was making pens. And I made like 200 pens and then I like, you know, give them out as gifts. I sold some and just like, you know, I have, I only have a few, maybe like three that are mine. Um, and then last year, like a year and a half ago, someone, I met a friend of a friend and he was like, Hey, you want to use my shop for free and I'll teach you stuff. And I was like, sure. Cause I was in a one bedroom apartment. Um, so for a year I was learning from him. 
he taught me how to make bowls and baby rattles and wine stoppers. Um, I even made a plate. Um, I've cracked a few bowls, sadly, because I made the shoulder too thin. So that wasn't fun. Um, but I did some like furniture for a dental office with him. And yeah, now I, I made a coffee table. Like he's helped me so much. And he's actually going to guest lecture at my job uh, next week on the lathe. But yeah, I guess that's me. That's wonderful. So you're just spinning stuff. Yeah, I mean, now I do everything. Like I'll do hand cut script letters on the bandsaw because I like the bandsaw better than the scroll saw, even though it's like tiny details. Like I'll, I'll still use the scroll saw for smaller stuff. But any like lettering, I prefer the bandsaw if possible. Um, I only ever really use saw stops. So when I'm like at someone else's house and I don't have a saw stop, I'm like, oh no. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I'm a woodshop teacher. Oh, I probably should have said that. I teach woodshop and engineering in North Jersey. Um, so I do woodshop 24 seven. And as Brayden said, I do a lot of craft shows. I had four last week, Thursday to Sunday. In the last year, I probably did like 30. Um, so I'm tired. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you've featured your laser work pretty heavily on your Instagram account. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with your laser. Does it does it pay for dinner or are you the one buying most <laughs> of the time? So I got the laser pecker on sale because I was using my friend's laser pecker for a while. And then I got it for a super good price on Black Friday this year. Um, so that was my primary laser. And then recently I got the X-Tool F1. I don't know what happened. I used it one night. I brought it to a show the next day and it just didn't work. And then the next day it like kind of worked and I used the same settings and it didn't work. So I'm actually figuring things out with them. I think they're gonna send me a new one and I'll send this one back. It was just really upsetting because I was doing really cool stuff on the X-Tool F1. And that's what my whole thing is that I bring a laser, like a portable laser, so I can customize on the spot. And that really gets all my sales most of the time. Um, so if my X-Tool F1 was working, I definitely would have made, I mean, I still had the laser pecker and that's like fine, but it can't do all the intricate stuff that an X-Tool F1 can. Um, so yeah, and I did get a 3D printer on Black Friday. It is still in the box because I haven't had time to touch it. I like took it out for a second and to be like, whoa, I got a 3D printer. And then no, it's still there. It's a Bamboo Lab PS1. I don't know, whatever 3D DIY Dave told me to get, I got it. Nobody likes the bamboo printers. It's just a fad, like the internet. <laughs> um, it's out real soon. It's still in its box. So that is a project for hopefully this week for me to put it on my desk and maybe to print one thing. I don't care how small it is, but I bought all this filament that is like super, like some of it looks like wood, some of it's really shiny, holographic, whatever. Um, yeah. You're gonna have the most disco-rific collection of Benchies ever. Oh, 100%. I'm gonna, like I got, the craziest um, filament, and I'm so excited. Awesome. Kamani, what you got going on down there? Oh, me personally? Uh, well, I'm just wrapping up from, you know, dealing with the holidays. So I uh, 
had a speed project that I was kind of going through, making sure I get all the, uh, I had to make a whiskey box for a buddy of mine. So uh, first time ever making one. So, um, but I think it turned out really well. So my next series of reels are all related to the process of making that. I didn't want to, I don't think he follows me, but his wife does. So I just wanted to make sure that I, um, since it was a gift, I didn't post anything before he had a chance to, before she had a chance to gift it to him. So, um, yeah, so I was doing that. And then I have, a, a cutting board, like a third of the way done that I'm going to go back in. And then I got some content to make for some, some infinity stuff and some other, uh, projects to kind of get there and, and clean the shop. I really want to, I need to clean the shop. This is, this is my goal between now and the end of the week. I'm getting the shovel out, boys and girls. Oh, we're, we're shoveling shavings, and I'm gonna find my floor. <laughs> I remember that spot. Mm-hmm. Nice and clean. But yeah, if anybody uh, wants to to take bets on the coolest thing that I find in the shavings, uh, go ahead and throw a comment or or send me a little a little note on on the Instagram because there's gonna be something cool that I find down in there. When did, oh my get, God. when did we get this dog? <laughs> Whenever I turn a bowl, I forgot what the tool is called, but it like is a little metal hook that you put on a, a tool. And whenever I turn, sometimes it gets loose and it will fall out into like behind the lathe and you'll never find it. And then finally we swept up behind the lathe one day and we found like three of them. And I just like, you know, I was new at it. So I wasn't holding the tool right. And then the piece kept falling off. And it was like $10 for a little tiny piece of metal. Um, so I totally understand finding stuff when you clean the shop. Yeah. TJ, right now, so far. Good money is going to be on like a, like a saber tooth burr or something. Because I was actually looking for that the other day. And I'm sure that there's, there's one of those that got dropped. So far, we've got bets on pencils and a uh, measuring tape and several 10 millimeter sockets. Dude, I promise you all three of those things are present and accounted for. Those people are betting on the safe money. <laughs> That's where everybody's 10 millimeter sockets went. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've i been buying, Harbor Freight sells like a 10 pack of 10 millimeter sockets. It's like Captain Crunch, oops, all berries, but it's oops, all 10 mils. And uh, I think I've bought that set probably three times in the last three years. So wow. that's that's like the running joke is and it's it's not just like you lose a socket it's specifically 10 millimeters. Why yeah. 10 millimeters? Why can we not hold on to 10 millimeter sockets? Uh, well the front of my car says Toyota on it and I'm always in there trying to tinker and fix stuff and like everything's a 10 mil in there. Oh, yeah, somebody somebody stole my socket set, I'm pretty sure, but somehow the 10 mil is the only thing that didn't get stolen. So it's probably still on your ratchet. <laughs> it is. It's on the it's on the ratchet on the on the extender. So that's how I know like somebody has to have like taken the rest of the of the socket set because I was like there's no way the 10 mil and the actual ratchet is going to be here and everything else is gone. So I uh, I didn't put that on my Christmas list but uh next year I'll I'll go get a get a new set. They stole it and they took it to the uh, to the pawn shop or something, and they open it up and they're like, "There's no 10 millimeter in here. We can't do nothing with this." <laughs> exactly right. This is basically just all loose sockets. 
it's so hard not having a shop like i have a storage unit half my apartment is woodworking and it's like such a struggle like driving all around the state of new jersey to do stuff and i just i can't wait like hopefully next year like i'll have a garage i'll have a basement and i could just set up my machines and like because people people have been trying to me sell me their machines and i'm like they're just gonna sit in my storage unit. Like, there's no point in me buying them right now. Ooh, um, no, no, there is a point because yeah, there's always a good deal. You take the good deal now. I, I, it hasn't been a good enough deal yet to make it worth it. Like, there's a guy not too far from me, and he's like really, he's older. He was a carpenter, and he's sitting on like three big sheds full of wood and he only wants to sell it for 2500 and it's definitely worth like 15 grand but it's like 40 50 years old so it all has to be playing down like there's so much work to do with it and i could buy it and put it in my storage unit but i was like no one knows about him so no one's gonna be buying that wood before i feel like i can use it and like my buddy and i might go in on it so we can start working on it um but it's crazy. I did a Instagram video of me like walking through a shed and like showing him and everything. It was pretty cool. Ooh. I just just to make sure that like nobody goes and buys it. Like we want to know where to not look. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we want not <laughs> contact information because we want to make sure we avoid that. It's yeah, yeah. This guy's phone number, so I make sure I don't go there and get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're gonna come all the way to New Jersey. <laughs> I've done dumber things for large quantities of wood. Said she. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Jay. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I want to talk a little bit about your abundance of craft show appearances or, or art show or, or how do you like to refer to them? No, I think they're craft shows and I've been in juried events too, but nothing sells at juried events. Like it's, I haven't gotten into like a good enough one to really like sell a bowl um i at the last jury event i only did pens and a cutting board and i was like late so not many people saw it and it was a really small event at a museum um are you saying jury event? like like you're selling to people on jury duty what am i hearing like in order to no, get a show, jury has to apply with photos yeah a jury event is like them telling you your stuff is nice enough to get into the event to even sell Got it. I thought it was just like, hey, you've got a captive audience here at the courthouse. Hawking some <laughs> shit. It's the American way. Yeah, no, it's yeah. attended by so, rural jurors. So, yeah. Rural jurors. And honestly, those are usually like insanely expensive and not worth my time unless I sell like five bowls. And even my the bowls I make, the prices I put, which people say are too high, I'm not making minimum wage off of them. So I don't always bring bowls to shows, especially if I only have one table. I have so much stuff that I usually, I ask for two tables and I'll usually get a discount because they don't really get woodworkers, especially females. Um, they always get like older men, <laughs> which nothing against that. It's just, they're like, wow, a female woodworker, like let's get her. Um, yeah, I've done like probably 30 craft shows in the last year in the last two months. I've done every Saturday and Sunday and this is my first week off and I'm, exhausted last week was thursday to sunday and i made a decent amount of money but doing all these shows like i don't know how many i'm gonna be doing in the new year um i'm definitely revamping rosie's woodshop and i'm only gonna have exclusive items 
Um, my assistant has a new baby and we do like the month things with him. And she was like, someone gave me a baby box. Why don't we do that? Cause I make baby rattles. So I'm like coming out with a baby box. Event planners have reached out to me to do like everything for weddings, the table signs, the centerpieces, all of that. So I'm going to have like, um, I'm going to get into wedding scenes and I'll start doing events for that. Um, honestly, like I'm still going to sell other stuff, but like, I don't do epoxy work. My friend, um, Spruce Woodworking, I get his epoxy coasters, buy them wholesale. And then if people want them laser engraved, I'll laser engrave them or they just buy them. Um, I ran out of small cutting boards like halfway through my shows and everyone kept requesting them. So I bought those wholesale from someone in New Jersey. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, so you're like a little consignment shop. And I'm like, I guess, like I'm still selling my own stuff. But if people are requesting, I built 12 of his cutting boards. They were 12 by eight. And I think I have three left and I sold them for double what I paid. So it like makes sense to me. Um, so I do a lot of that, like ha like probably half my stuff is mine and half my stuff is other companies because I literally don't have the time to make it. Like my, I like to call him my mentor. Now he wants to be called my colleague since I'm like more into everything. He taught me how to make wine stoppers and I had a few, but I said, hey, can you make 10? And he did and I sold them at two shows. So it's like, it's, honestly more cost effective sometimes for me to buy stuff from other people. And like, I have people from the stoop that make stuff for me and I sell it for them. And like, we have this whole thing. Um, and I did get offered a, like a kiosk, like a storefront at one of the biggest malls in New Jersey, but I didn't want to pay the overhead, the rent and paying someone to work there. Cause I wouldn't be able to be there. So that's like later in life having a storefront. Um, Sorry, I talk a lot. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of woodworking-based networking while you're doing all of your shows also. Like, yeah. those are all really great connections. Uh, I do bigger bowls on one of my lathes, and one of the niches that I'm trying to get into for 24 is uh, big 24-inch bowls for uh, baby photographers. So wow. you can waddle up a baby and put it inside a wooden bowl. And then I do the laser pecker also. And it That's gives so the photographer cool. an opportunity to give the big bowl to the the photo people at the same time. Like it's a, it's a fun little niche and that's a big piece of wood or I guess you could do it segmented or something also. But um, yeah, it'd be a, a fun market and it'd be something that I'm kind of passionate about. I like the babies, so. That's awesome. Just to, be, yeah. just to be clear, your process, babies go in bowl, and then out comes the laser. Are you lasering them with babies <laughs> in the bowls? Yeah, dude. They're never too young are to you, get a laser tat. Are you? Yeah, I was going to say, are you giving laser maker tats? It's like prison Do you know tats, how many people, wait, do you know how many people ask to put their hands under the laser pecker? I was like, can you please not? Like, I'm not trying to get sued right now. You're not getting a tattoo from Rosie's Woodshop. I wonder what the what a lawyer would say if you get like an ironclad enough like disclaimer release form you could sell those things be like hey yeah you can get like a permanent laser tattoo on no. anything you can fit in here for 30 bucks <laughs> oh my god yeah. now everybody in the bottom half of the screen is going nope 
need to point out that I'd throw on a ticker, but it's not letting me do the tickers. I think it learned that I'm not allowed to have that power. So oh, that's a bummer. Okay, so when you're trying to line yourself up for all of these shows, did you get with somebody who does like serial craft fairs or are you scouring local ads or or how are you getting in touch? Most places reach out to me. That's which awesome. is kind of cool that they find me, but like so I I knew my high school did a craft show and my first craft show was at the high school I went to last year, like December 7th or something or 8th or something. And that was my first show because I knew they did it. And then I did one at a farm and Petrie's workshop was there and that's how I met him. And now we're pretty good friends and I'm friends with his wife and he does my big laser engraving and like, but he lives over an hour away. So it's, um, so I got reached out to that one because I know the owners of the farm. And then a lot of them are just things that I'm already involved with. Or I did like a show and someone found me and they recommended me to another show. So it was a lot of word of mouth. Um, or like one of my assistants found a show for me to do and they were like, hey, they'll give you like they already talked to them and they'll give me a discount if I sign up for multiple days. Um because most places, especially in North Jersey or in New Jersey in general, there's not a lot of woodworkers and there's barely any female woodworkers. So I kind of like slide in and like if I sign up for a few days, I get a discount, which is nice. Um, yeah, but I my big thing is craft shows. And I don't think that's going to be the same thing for me in 2024. <laughs> So are all the uh, all the woodworkers in Central Jersey are not going to be doing craft shows? Sorry. No. Wait, you all talked at once. <laughs> That's amazing. Come on, go for it. Oh, I was asking: Are uh, all the woodworkers in Central Jersey? No, I used to live in Central Jersey, and there was less. No. Oh, there you go. There is not many woodworkers that do craft shows in the state of New Jersey or New York or Connecticut. Not going to lie, I got reached out to by five like big shows around the USA. And they were like, oh, can you come to our show in Texas or LA or like Arizona? And I'm just like, I live in New Jersey. Like, thank you for inviting me, but I'm not flying cross country for a craft show. And I guess, cause I don't have New Jersey in my bio that maybe I should change that. Um, I don't know. That was like kind of cool, but I'm not going to fly across the country for a show unless it's like, yeah, no, I don't have time. <laughs> Can't blame you. So how, so there, I mean, I get the word of mouth locally, but are these bigger shows out of state? Are they just finding you through word of like through connections also, or are they finding you like online? I think people are finding me on Instagram. I had 250 followers in October and now I have like 850. Um, I did the 30 reels in 30 days, but I was really posting three to five times a day. And then now I have someone who helps me run my social media and helps me run my website. So like, I'm definitely like getting there. And it was like, it wasn't overnight though. It was like, over two months, I got 
500 followers and I don't know any of these people. And some of them are woodworkers. Uh, WorkbenchCon follow me today. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like Brooklyn Museum has something called Brooklyn Pop-Up. Where Brooklyn Pop-Up is at all the museums and parks in New York City and Manhattan and Brooklyn. And they reached out to me because they wanted a woodworker, especially a female. And then I already had a date on that show. Brooklyn Museum has a million followers on Instagram. Like I definitely would have sold some bulls there, you know, like that's the next year goal. And like, I talked to Bryant Park and we talked, we were trying to negotiate the rent and everything. And then I was like, for me to hire someone to work that, like that would be like way too much for me. Like I, I'm too small. Like that's a five year plan maybe to get into Bryant Park um which would be insane but i did stuff in hudson yards by the vessel and i did okay but it was rainy the days i was there so there and new york city like you're either outside or you're home um so that wasn't that good yeah i do a lot <laughs> but i think it's rad thank you so do you have any tips for display or things that you think other people need to hear. This is your guru moment. Like, like what, so, what are people missing out on? For a good display, for all my stuff, it takes one or two hours to set up. Like, I have a lot, especially during the holidays. I had so many different ornaments. Like, it was insane. So I, if I could have two tables and a rack, that is my ideal situation. But sometimes... I have one six foot table and it's like so tight and I have to decide what am I going to try to sell. And you can look at my Instagram. I usually do a set up my table with me at, I, that was more of a recent thing the last month with my shows. And I just take a box. I put my table set up like the tablecloth and the, the frilly stuff down. And I'm like, okay, what is the star of the show? The cutting boards will be the star of the show today. That's in the center of the table and I angle it nice and I have like slabs underneath my coasters or my wine stoppers and like go to Target and buy those cute containers. Go to Michael's and get those already cut out ornaments. Like, why are you going to make them? It's going to cost you more. Like, work smarter, not harder. I can't support that. I'm a big fan of working harder, not smarter. <laughs> When this is only your side hobby, I feel like you don't have a choice. Like, I do so many different projects. And I guess I I guess I can say, like, my goal for Rosie's Woodshop. So my grand my so he was a grandfather to me, but he's technically my great uncle, had a luxury furniture factory in Los Angeles. And he had like 200 workers in the 80s. It was insane. It started in the 1960s and it was booming. And then Ikea came out with furniture and Target and Amazon and Wayfair. And they had to start firing people. And it was really sad. Um, but I took Woodshop my senior year of high school. And once he found that out, like I'm the only one in the family that did anything with woodworking. He flew me to LA after I graduated high school. And I was there for like two or three weeks. And then... After that, every summer and winter break of college, he just flew me out and I would stay with him and I'd go to the factory and I went skydiving and I like went to the beach by myself and I learned how to be so independent, but I got to spend time at the factory. And in a little bit, it will show you, I'm sitting at a bar table that JJ Alcaraz made 
Um, he's not like famous or anything. He is just a woodworker at the factory who I'm still really good friends with. And this bar table was in my great uncle's house for like 30 years. And then when he passed away in 2019, he wanted me to have this table. I don't know the price of this table, but it is probably the best woodworking I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen like crazy woodworking stuff because I'll just like go on Instagram and whatever. But this is, should I show it now or should I wait? Uh, you've teased us enough. I feel okay. like, yeah, I feel like this is, this is the what's in the box moment. Yes. This we is, never let found me... out in the movie. <laughs> Let me take my drinks off and hopefully my cat doesn't jump on the table. But what's in the box? What's in the box? This is the tabletop. Oh wow. So all that inlay with black walnut and maple and I know it's like super zoomed in. And then we got the legs. Those are so funky awesome. Oh, wow. And look at the base. Can you pan like, down what would you guys? What, what? Can you pan down just a touch? It's oh, hard yeah. to stand there. That's it. Beautiful. Like, isn't that insane? That's so cool. That's pretty wild. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know what to price this at. I would never sell it. But, like, this is what's in the box, guys. <laughs> it's what's in the box. What's in the box. It's a crazy and there's helicopter my cat. table. <laughs> like this is insane. I've just wild. I've I've never seen anything like it and it's mine. I'm never going to sell it. Like it's it's my baby and I I don't even know how much it's worth. It's definitely worth a lot and it's all hand cut. Like it's this is not CNC or anything. Um Right, it's probably 30 years old. Um, but yeah, so actually my, and I'm like really into like the numbers and what it means. My 13th time in LA was my great uncle's funeral. And thankfully it was right before COVID. So we got to all say goodbye to him. Um, and then COVID hit, so it was crazy. But basically this other woman, Erin Darabee, took over, I, the company was I Am David. It used to be I'm Ginsburg until my uncle was born, uh, or my first cousin. And then in like 2018, Erin took it over and she was running it. And then when I graduated college, May 2021, she asked me to run the company with her. And it was like the first year of COVID. I just graduated college, grad school. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I can't move to LA during COVID and like not be so secluded and not know anyone. And so I said no, and then I took a teaching job at one of the best schools in the state of New Jersey, and I was a middle school woodshop and engineering teacher for two years, and then um, my parents are on the older side, so I decided to take a high school woodshop job in North Jersey, and I moved up here, um, and then because of reasons, I'm actually switching school districts, and I'll be at a new one next month or in like two weeks, and I'm super excited. I won't be teaching as much woodworking as engineering, but I'm gonna get really into 3D printing and laser engraving. And then I may teach private classes in North Jersey at a like facility, um, like on the weekends and stuff and after school. So I'll still be able to teach woodworking. But honestly, I think 
like a break would kind of be nice. <laughs> like I, I just spent so much time in woodworking and stuff the last few months that like, I don't know, it took up so much time. And I like, I live alone. So it's like easy to do that type of stuff. But there was something Patrick Gensel posted maybe like a month ago about you can't be running around so much. Like you need to take time and relax. And after he posted that, I like reshared it and then watched a movie, which like I don't do anymore. Like I'm just, I'm a hustler and I don't give up. So my, my goal, so I teach woodworking to people with autism. I am my master's in special education. My goal is to have my own like woodworking school and factory and have people with autism work there. Um, and I have a GoFundMe and honestly, no one's ever donated, like not even my friends or family. So it, it, it kind of sucks. Um, so I'm like trying to get investors. Someone told me to go to Shark Tank. I don't know. Um, and like when I do shows, I talk about it and maybe I've gotten like $50 worth of cash um, for the GoFundMe. But yeah, I like the whole reason I went to the college I did was because they had a STEM and a special ed program in one degree or like one program. Because in high school, I was teaching computer graphics to the autism program in my school. And I loved that. And I wanted to create an elective for people with disabilities because that's not a thing. They either have art or music or Spanish. And why don't they get to take computers? Why can't they use laser engraving, CNC? Like I've taught kids that can't even talk to me woodworking. And like, that's unheard of. I don't know anyone else that does that. And I'm just, I think right now I'm just in the networking stages of getting people of like, you could work at my school, you could do this, you could do that. Because <laughs> it's so expensive to do something like this. Like my GoFundMe was for 250,000. And then my uncle said, Sarah, no one's donating because it's so high. So I knocked it down to 50,000. But I also maybe posted it at the wrong time. I posted it on Thanksgiving and I was like, dear uncle Irv, who was my great uncle who had the factory. And I just like went on a two minute spiel about everything and said my dreams and hopes and everything. And like my cousins didn't even donate. And I was just like, okay, like I'm just gonna keep doing this and networking. And you know, hopefully one day I meet an investor and he wants to do this. Seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Um, like, I really want to go to WorkbenchCon, but I don't know, like taking the time off work and how much it costs. Like, I'm in some ways to like win a free ticket, but I doubt I'll win. Um, and it's like really expensive. I'm 26 years old. I live on my own. You know, I have a car. I have a pet. Like, going to Georgia for a few days and like not going to work is like when it's not my full-time thing. But the networking I would get if I went like is pushing me to go. So it's, I'm on the fence. Well, and it's all a write-off. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know what a write-off means, but it's a write-off. The write-off people just write it off. Well, the write-off run Also, you're not a tax professional. Yeah, so okay so i'm going back and forth workbench connor maker camp and you do so, want to get away for two weeks where are you going i should have gone to maker camp this year because i knew about it but i think i had a wedding that weekend um 
But if I could go somewhere and not do woodworking or like not do life, I would totally go to the Maldives. That's my my goal to be able to go on vacation either with a friend or by myself in the Maldives. Like I've been to Dubai, I've been to Ghana, I've been to Poland, I've been to Israel, but like I'm very in and I think that's why I love LA so much is that it's right next to the beach and it's, you can go in the water in New Jersey. You can never go in the water, even in August, it's freezing. But when you're in LA, the beach is just perfect. Like I would go to the beach all the time by myself. Um, and it's just so nice. And sometimes I regret not moving to LA, but again, it was the middle of COVID. It wasn't even the middle. It was like the first year it was May, 2021. Um, yeah. Well, you got to go to L.A. Got to get tacos and go on a hike in L.A. But it's not even that. Like, it was really getting to go to the factory and just hanging out with the guys. And I'm still friends with them. And I told them about my business idea. And they'll support me 100%. And, you know, if my dream comes true, I would want a location in North Jersey. And then to expand it to, like, L.A. and Miami. And, like, I would just go between that's like a 10 year plan like that's a lot of money down the line um but yeah this is me and i'm just going through life I Hello. Think it's plan. thanks so are you in the coming year going to you talked a little bit about maybe getting out of apartment life and finding a way to get into studio space can you you want to expand on that at all so there's a place I could rent out and basically teach classes and use those hours for studio space. But that's also for just like a hobbyist that does woodworking. I'm a certified woodshop teacher. Like I went to college for this. It was like part of my degree. I have a technology educational cert, but it's like figuring out the contract and what projects I'm going to do. But also like I didn't see my friends and family much for the last two months. If I do that with my new job and woodworking after school and on the weekends, that's not living the best life for myself. Like woodworking, I'm 26. Like my niece is 10 months old. Like I want to be part of her life. Like I can't be doing, like it is the grind and I'm a hustler, but I just did it for like six months and I miss my friends. I miss my family. And also the guy that wants me to teach classes isn't giving me what I'm worth. So I, you know, it's a conversation we're having, but I think I'm worth a lot more because of what I've done and like the networking I know and like every show I go to, someone is like, oh, can you teach me woodworking? I was like, maybe in January I'll be somewhere but I don't have my own space. And yes, it's all a business expense, but it's a lot of money to put down. Um, and like, I'm 26, like I live in a nice apartment, but like I've lived in an apartment for four years. So it's like, and I'm a teacher, teachers don't make that much money. So <laughs> to justify renting a garage or renting a studio and buying all the machines, that's a lot of money. And that's why I'm doing the GoFundMe, but I'm not getting any donations. And whatever if people don't want to donate it's fine it's just like i don't know there's a lot of things up in the air all right hear me out got an idea it's just like how restaurants if they don't want to have a restaurant space they get a food truck what about mobile woodworking truck 
So someone posted a van that they made into a cafe, like a school bus. And I was like, I mean, if the bus is parked and I just have the table saw drilled into the floor, what's wrong with that? Like, what if I had, a? I made a school, I, this summer, I find an old school bus and I make it a traveling woodworking van. I mean, I mean that's that's the idea. thousand Wookies touring with fish and other jam bands that are <laughs> gonna need wooden accessories for their uh, hobbies. She's doing yeah. woodworking in a van down by the, the river. river. Look, all I'm saying is that you're a couple of trap doors and a catapult away from having a Ninja Turtle van anyway, right? Except it's got a table saw in it, and that's awesome. You know, so, like, I will not discourage you from this dream. This sounds rad. Ben, Ben from Moby Designs worked out of a Connex for like years. So table saw, all that jazz. You know, he made it work. So having a mobile shop is a possibility. So, but I can't do this full time. I'm 26 and I need health insurance. And that's the hardest part. Everyone asks me, like I have other people that want me to run their social medias, which is funny. Cause like, I just post random stuff and I get a lot of views, but like my family friend, I was in, I was a live-in nanny for someone with autism and she was HR at Verizon. He worked on wall street and now the husband wants to open up a pizza um, on a truck, like a, whatever a food truck. And he wants me to run his website and his social media. And we're just talking about everything and woodworking. And he's like, Sarah, why are you still a teacher? And I'm just like, I need health insurance and I need something consistent. Like no one gives me money. You know, I, I work on my own and I live on my own and I, I've been working every day since I was 16 and doing a project like that is a lot of money. And that's why the GoFundMe is there. But no one's donating to the GoFundMe, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the mindset of because you're not able to necessarily go full time with it, and even going full time, you would need like a constant influx. So, uh, have you thought of going? In, aside from the GoFundMe, have you thought of um, the makerspace route that you can do with like the city of New Jersey. So instead of like working with the school district and they have, you know, scholarships and funds where they'll like, they'll fund certain projects like that for a year, like a proof of concept. So see if my camera refocuses. Um, <clears throat> so not necessarily the GoFundMe route, but more Hey, like I a, think what a, he's um, that uh, through the city that would give you the space or donate a space that the city already has that you can do on the weekends. It'd be like your proof of concept to say like the space is here, and once people have a physical location to go to, uh, then it's easier for people to like, hey, this is a space the city donates or, or is giving us. We're, we're taking donations, and people have a physical connection to the idea because they can see it so i did something i just did the craft shows at ridgewood holiday market and mm -hmm. they rented out an old restaurant and they paid the overhead rent and all the electricity all the permits all that stuff and everyone paid for their table fees and they were all cleaning up and i got to know the people that are running it because i was there for a few days and he was like sarah come here and he brings me down to this basement 
And it was like, I don't even know. It was huge. And he was like, this could be your woodshop. You could be teaching classes here. But the rent a month is $12,000 for this building. And like, no one is going to overhead that for 12 months. I like, unless like all the small businesses that did these craft shows want to be like a permanent table. So that's what we're talking about. But the mayor of Ridgewood owns this and like, it's $12,000 for an empty building. And like, it's insane that he like basically five people own that town. It's insane. It's in Bergen County. Um, but like the setup was perfect for woodshop classes. Like I don't even know the square footage, but it was huge. And I, I was like, you know what, let's talk about it in the new year. Let me go over my finances. Maybe this is something I could start over the summer. And it's just crazy because so many, like, if you want to take a woodshop class, yeah, there's one in Hoboken that I might be working at, but then you have to go to Brooklyn and it's like 350 for a four hour class on how to make a cutting board. Like I could be making so much money and Bergen County is so booming and woodworking and STEM and laser engraving. I got asked to make robotics curriculum for a private tutoring center in New Jersey. Like I got asked on LinkedIn while I was like going in between like figuring out my new job and stuff to be a woodshop manager of a furniture factory in New Jersey. I don't know anything about that, but they reached out to me and they were offering me like double my salary. And I was like, hold up, I'm 26 years old. I'm running this little company that like tripled its following in a month or two on Instagram. And it was just so many opportunities. And I was like, wait a second, but what do I wanna do? Like, I don't think I wanna be a woodshop manager of a huge, like they do 22 million in revenue on a bad year. Like that sounds like a lot of pressure that I don't think would be good for me. And I feel like it was a cool offer and they ended up like they found someone else, which was great, but it's just cool that I get all these opportunities and be like, okay, so what do I want to do? And some of those opportunities are potentially gateways into your ultimate goal. Because if you if you're if you're talking with the people or having conversations with the people who have multi-million dollar businesses, you know what they love? Tax write-offs. So uh, So someone suggested that once I have a space, I reach out to SawStop, I reach out to DeWall, and I reach out to Black and Decker and all the companies and be like, hey, I'm gonna have a wood shop and have people with autism work there what can you donate and see what they say um i've also been asked to open up a woodcraft in north jersey considering you have to drive two and a half hours into pennsylvania to go to one which i've gone to many times like why is there not a woodcraft in bergen county it is booming with woodworkers and makers and everything but to open up and be a franchise like i don't think that's something i could do because I was taking a hand-cut dovetail class and it was really great. But then there was someone from corporate there and we're just talking and he was like, we would love to have real estate there. Like, would you be interested? And I'm just like, whoa, that's like for me to open up a woodcraft and teach classes, like that would be a way into all of this. But that's not something I could like think about right now. There's only one way to find out, right? What's the worst that happens? Yeah, somebody I'm says I'm in a no. lot of debt. <laughs> You're a teacher. Like, 
isn't debt just like part of the game at this point anyway? Like, let's, let's yeah, be honest. Student this, loans. Is, this, is, this is 2023 in America. Like, debt, it's all fake money anyway. <laughs> I'm so I'm just... upset with my student loans that they haven't gotten cleared. Like, they keep saying more and more people are getting student loan debt. And I'm like, I teach woodshop to kids with autism and engineering. Like, what? So can I get some of the loan repayment? Yeah, I mean, we're getting tons of feedback in the chat. Just write off the debt. Just just a write-off. The write-off people will deal with it. I totally forgot that there's a chat going live and I can't see it. It's a little tricky it's, like that. It's fine. Everybody in the chat is fine. Okay, well, the time is now 9.53 Central. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about on the show that we haven't had a chance to cover yet? Bring no, you guys that. are really good with your questions, and we showed what was in the box. And um, I see the actual well, box. Oh, that's in the trash, long gone. This is one of my best pens that I've never sold because no one wants to pay for it. It's twenty-four karat Bloodheart. Here, let me do that. That's what influencers do, right? Look at that. This is one of the first pens I ever made, and this is where I started. I literally started making pens, and that's all I was doing for a while. And then people were like, can you make me a cutting board and a coffee table and a table for the dental office? And Peter, this like, not Peter Kapar, Peter Sandsmith, um, he's like 85 or 80 or I don't know, he's older. Um, he just helped me make everything. Like, all right, I'll show you my coffee table. I'm pretty proud of it. Since poor now guys. I'm just Poor guy's probably in his showing. 50s. No, he's older. Oh, wait, you can't really see it. So it's Angrant. Sorry, there's stuff on it. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's like all Angrant on the top. We did Craig pocket holes on everything. But, yes. Yeah. yeah, oh my God, the bottom, like that is multiple pieces glued up. Look how amazing that is. Love it. And someone offered to buy it for like $750. And I was like, no, it's my coffee table. Oh, that's really zoomed in. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, and they needed it for like a gift or something. So they didn't order one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm at a spot where I tell them when the order would be done. And some people don't want to wait that long. And I'm like, here are five other woodworkers in the area. Reach out to them. Like... It, I'm in a, I'm in a very interesting spot. Well, I think it's wonderful that you've come on and, and shared all of this with us today. That's super rad. Um, is there a link to your GoFundMe for the school connected to Instagram or YouTube or other socials? Yeah, it's in my Instagram bio. Okay. Uh, I think Brayden and I can find a way to maybe coordinate with you with our uh, wrap-up clips and stories and stuff like that to make sure that that gets pushed a little bit through us too, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. Brayden, tell us about the sponsors. All right. We are wrapping up, so we want to take another opportunity to thank our sponsors, Surf Rep, George Supply Co. I did it again. George Supply Co. Um... They're fantastic. If you need anything from Surf Prep, you can use code Sawdust Talk and save 10% off of everything except for the POV 8, which is the vacuum, which is still worth 100%, not 90%. Like the other stuff, 
Well, it's all worth 100%. Anyway, discount doesn't work on it. Keep going. It's all good stuff. Um, if you want to listen to this episode, which considering it's at the end, you've probably already gotten all the way through it. But if you want to find all of our old episodes, you can find them on all of the podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh all of the other ones. I don't, I need a list. I'll get a list one day right here, but you can find us on all of the podcast apps. Um, and yeah, that's it. So thank you everybody for listening to 99.5 episodes of Sawdust Talk. And uh, we're excited to see what happens in the new year. So, All right. So with three minutes left, we have okay. one final question. Okay. We really like to close our show with sort of a motivational thought or a quote or a reason for our listeners to get into the shop this week between now and then to cause some mischief and make a mess and clean it up. Or what would you like to uh, share with the rest of the kids in the class? If you need a mental break, which is what I'm doing right now, take it. Because if you can't take a break for yourself when you're going through it, and like if you're blowing up on social media or whatever you're doing or blowing up in orders you're not going to be able to be there for yourself six months from now so hustle as much as you can but take a break as soon as you need it because if you don't do it you're not going to succeed in my opinion makes perfect sense to me i love it thanks all right. Well, thank you for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for spending an hour with us. Uh, everybody that's in the chat, thank you for joining us. Uh, you make our world go round. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for 2024. First episode, episode 100. And you're going to make sure you want to come to this one because we're going to give shit away. It's going to be dope. I'm excited for that one. So, I Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, sir.